This is The Score Podcast. The R word. It's everywhere, and even in Vantage Score's data, we're seeing signs that consumers are beginning to show financial distress. That R word, of course, is recession. But does that also mean home foreclosures? And if so, are we headed for a 2008-era crisis? I'm Jeff Richardson, host of The Score Podcast, where we always speak to the most innovative groundbreakers in the financial services and data analytics industry. Today, we're talking to Rick Sharga, Executive Vice President for Market Intelligence at Adam. Rick is the Executive Vice President of Market Intelligence for Adam, which is a market-leading provider of real estate and property data. That includes tax, mortgage, deed, foreclosure, natural hazard, environmental risk, and neighborhood data. He is one of the most frequently quoted sources on real estate we've got. You've seen him on CNBC, CBS, NBC, CNN, it goes on, Bloomberg, NPR. He's a founding member of the Five Star National Mortgage Servicing Association, that big conference that they have a couple times a year on mortgage, and he's on the board of directors of the National Association of Default Professionals. Rick has over 20 years' experience in the real estate and mortgage industries, including roles as EVP at RealtyTrack and EVP at Carrington Mortgage Holdings, among others. Rick, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Pleasure to be here, Jeff. Thanks for inviting me. Let's talk a little bit about the environment for market participants out there. Many risk indicators from VantageScore show that consumers are starting to show signs of stress. What is Adam's data showing you, and, and what are the specific trends around foreclosure activity? We just released our mid-year foreclosure report, and we saw the number of foreclosure starts, that's the initial foreclosure file that a delinquent borrower gets, those increased by almost 220% on a year-over-year basis. And that sounds like a ridiculously scary number, but as I've pointed out to people, going from one to three represents a 200% increase. So even with that big, big jump, we're still looking at foreclosure activity that's probably 50% or so of normal levels of activity. We're coming off historically low levels of foreclosures because of the government foreclosure moratorium and the mortgage forbearance program that was was put into place as part of the CARES Act. And the mortgage industry and the government worked together to prevent what I believe were probably several million unnecessary foreclosures from happening that only would have happened because of the COVID pandemic. So the good news is that foreclosure activity is still way below normal levels, probably won't get to normal levels until sometime next year. But the reality is that that foreclosure activity is continuing a slow and steady climb back to those normal levels. So we'll see more people in various stages of foreclosure over the the coming months. So something to keep an eye on, but no need for panic quite yet, right? No need for panic. And I I don't think we're going to see a need for panic anytime soon. I know one of the things you mentioned in your intro comments was there's a question of whether we might expect a recurrence of the 2008 foreclosure tsunami. And I've been on record for the last couple of years as saying that's incredibly, incredibly unlikely. The market dynamics are all completely different this time than they were last time from a supply and demand perspective, very, very different. We have a record level of homeowner equity now, $27 trillion. And from a credit perspective, probably one of the most important dynamics is a lot of the buyers last time were speculators. Their credit really was such they never should have gotten loans in the first place. In today's market, the credit is pristine. The likelihood of us seeing a foreclosure crisis, really, really, really low. The one caveat, if we do have a recession, if it's a bad recession, a long recession, that could change things and we could be looking at higher levels of foreclosures. 
Well, that's both reassuring and somewhat concerning. So data can be a great equalizer if it's harnessed properly. That's certainly one of the mantras here at Advantage Score. But how do you think about the trend towards using more innovative data sets and analytics to drive financial inclusion, particularly in the housing sector, which is your area of expertise? Data can be the great equalizer. Data really isn't biased in its raw form. What's been fascinating and kind of troubling to see over the last couple of years is how people have put their individual biases on top of the data. There's a lot of things we can be using data for to try and create a more level playing field and to try to make sure that the people who are responsible for creating that level playing field are doing just that. That's one of the things I've always admired about Vantage. You've looked for ways to help non-traditional borrowers get a credit score that would allow them to participate in things like the housing market. So anything that we can do, anything that companies like Vantage can do to facilitate more underserved communities getting into the housing market is ultimately a benefit for the entire country. Yeah, absolutely. So getting back to the environment we're all operating in right now, what, from your perspective or from Adam's perspective, are the two or three trends we ought to be watching over the next couple of quarters as we continue to point towards that R word? There are some obvious things that economists would tell you to take a look at. This environment is very, very unusual in that typically you start to see signs of distress in the jobs market as you move toward a recession. And we're, we're not seeing that at the moment. We saw unemployment numbers tick up a little bit recently, but marginally, not, not in a meaningful way. And we continue to see very, very strong jobs growth. One of the things I'm watching very closely is consumer confidence, because historically, there's a pretty strong correlation between consumer confidence and consumer spending. And right now, consumer spending continues to be extraordinarily strong, while consumer confidence is showing some of the weakest readings we've ever seen. And one of the biggest concerns consumers have is inflation. So that would obviously be the other thing that I would watch. On the housing side, Jeff, I've been saying for months that there have been signs that demand was weakening. And really, no matter what metric you look at right now, whether it's home sales, pending home sales, purchase loan applications, all of those metrics are trending down right now. We've had five consecutive months of lower month-over-month home sales. And then I'm looking at the FHA borrower pool as being vulnerable in our environment today. And in a period of high inflation, that particular group of people is going to be more challenged than everybody else because a higher percentage of their take-home pay goes to pay necessities. If we are going to see an area of borrowers that's more prone to perhaps going delinquent and going into default, it's probably those borrowers. I would also point out that calling for a housing slowdown in January of this year, you must have felt like you were on an island. That's a bit contrarian. It's sort of the canary in the coal mine. And you start to see different data points that suggest that something might be changing. And unfortunately, I've been more right than I expected because interest rates jumped up much more quickly than anybody anticipated. And that's had a material effect on affordability. And that, at the end of the day, is what's really caused sales to slow down. We'll point out one other thing where I'm, I'm out on an island, Jeff. If we do have a recession, that doesn't mean we're going to have a housing crash. In fact, if you look at recessions historically, home prices have actually increased from the beginning of the recession to the end of the recession. And in 99% of the cases, housing is is actually what helped the economy recover. There's one exception. That was the most recent big recession we had, which was the Great Recession back in 2008. And the reason that recession behaved differently is because it was the housing crash that took us into the recession. For people concerned about a housing crash or for people who, for some strange reason, are rooting for a housing crash, there's a lot of PTSD coming out of the Great Recession. But again, I, I don't expect the market to behave this time the way it did last time. 
Let's drill down into Adam a little bit. So what are the types of data that Adam collects and provides to market participants? And what are the various use cases for that data? Just about any type of data you could possibly imagine having to do with real estate is in our, what we call our periodic table of elements. Sales transactions, historical and current owner information, transaction history, valuation. We do collect foreclosure data. That's actually how we started in the business. So we collect public record foreclosure filings. And we started to append it over the years with information that our customers have told us is important to them. School records, crime records, noise, climate risk, environmental risk. And the use cases are growing. We used to license primarily to real estate companies. We have a lot of institutional investors who buy our data. We have government agencies, insurance firms, mortgage companies, financial services and home services companies, and a lot of small businesses and even individuals like realtors, appraisers, inspectors, people who have a need for local market data that they can get their hands on. Rick, thank you for spending some time with us. And to see more of Rick's insights, go to adamdata.com. That's A-T-T-O-M data.com. Thanks again, Rick. My pleasure. Let's do it again sometime, Jeff. As we head into the next few quarters, a hypothesis is going to get tested, as Rick just mentioned. Did we curb the excesses that led to the Great Recession and mortgage crisis of 2008? Communities, particularly communities of color, were ravaged by the frankly negligent practices in many mortgage underwriting shops. But by all indications, those practices were thankfully stopped. And the results should be different this year. And that's great news. I'm Jeff Richardson, and thanks for listening to The Score. I look forward to our next discussion. The views and opinions expressed in this episode do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of VantageScore Solutions. Visit VantageScore.com to learn more.